I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. This is Skincare with Friends. Today on Skincare with Friends, I'm talking to Skylar Stein, who is president of Glad Skin. Gladskin is a skincare company which creates microbiome-friendly skincare products that target conditions like eczema and acne and rosacea. The human microbiome is a barrier system. So it's made up of uh, commensal bacteria, we call them. And these uh, friendly bacteria provide a barrier against um, pathogens like uh, bacteria called Staph aureus and P. acnes, which can exacerbate and uh, cause eczema and acne. So I was uh, interviewing Skylar today about how um, we can protect our skin barrier by supporting the microbiome and how his product works. Enjoy. Hello and welcome to Skincare with Friends. And today on Skincare with Friends, I have a guest, Skylar Stein, who is president of Glad Skin. Uh, Glad Skin is a microbiome-friendly skincare brand which targets specific skin complaints, such as eczema. And uh, today I'm going to talk with Skylar about the skin's microbiome. Hi, Skylar. How are you? Anya, doing great. Thanks so much for having me on the show. Good. Yeah, lovely to meet you. Um, so uh, can you tell us a little bit about your entry into the world of skincare? Um, you know, how did skincare become so important to you? Yeah, it, it was actually a, a circuitous route that got me to here to where I am today. It was definitely was not direct, uh, but I'm happy to uh, to share the story. So buckle up. Um, um, I actually started out um, in university, in, in college at Duke, um, uh, studying genomic sciences and the uh, impact on um, the future. And I shifted uh, my, my, my focus while I was the time there, but it ultimately brought me back into the scientific focus. I um, had started my career in more of the business world, um, in finance and investing in and growing uh, different types of businesses. And then ultimately, I was going back to get my uh, MBA from Harvard Business School. And I started feeling really lousy about two to three weeks in and got a lot of testing done and actually had found out that I had uh, Lyme disease. Um, so I, um, which was devastating to me, um, I took a medical leave of absence from Harvard uh, moved back home to uh, San Diego and started treatment, which was heavy doses of antibiotics to um, uh, to kill the bacteria that causes Lyme disease. And through that process, I started researching antibiotics and the implications given the amount I was taking. And I stumbled across the microbiome, which is all of the bacteria that live in and on our body. And more and more research has been is coming out showing that it's actually those good bacteria and the balance of the bacteria that live with us that help keep us healthy, help keep us free of disease. 
And so I started, um, it really launched me into this obsession with, um, with the microbiome. And I actually started a research uh, pro study on myself, mm. uh, studying the impact of the antibiotics on my microbiome and my, the recovery of my microbiome for the 52 weeks uh, afterwards yeah. as well. Well, that's that's really fascinating. So, so Lyme disease, that's a sort of disease you get from being outdoors and being in contact with ticks, I understood. Abs- yep. I love um, I love hiking. I love being outdoors. I spent the summer um, in the Northeast. I'm not sure exactly when it happened, but I must have gotten kind of bit by a, a tick and uh, a couple months later started started feeling pretty lousy. So that's that's what happened. Yeah. Yeah. And so though taking all those antibiotics, um, you thought this is this is not right. Everything's wrong now. I need to investigate more about this whole sphere of the microbiome and what it what it's doing to me. Yeah. So about around the same time, the cost of sequencing and really understanding what your microbiome was had dropped about a hundred times from the 10 years prior. So it Mm. really opened up this new tool, this new microscope that allows us to really see what's happening in our microbiomes. And so I kind of um, use that as an opportunity to really study myself, given kind of declared nuclear war on my own microbiome through all the antibiotics I was Mm. taking and uh, had some really interesting um, learnings uh, that came with it. Um, For example, um, I, I tested every different type of probiotic out there to see if that would really help restore my microbiome and, you know, um, the cheap ones, the more expensive ones, really anything. And I could mm. not see any sort of connection or correlation with the type of probiotics I was taking and okay. the actual improvement in my gut microbiome. Um, what I found from that perspective that worked the best really was, actually eating, um, eating different types of fibers, which is what's pleasant, which is what's uh, present in different, which is present in vegetables. So it's really the fibers that are food for the bacteria that already live in your gut that really make it a healthy environment for the good bacteria to grow. And then your health benefits from more of those bacteria growing Um, the probiotics themselves, which are just the live bacteria themselves, didn't really seem to stick or really impact what was happening there. An analogy I've thought of before is, or it's kind of like throwing some seeds on the asphalt and hoping for the plants to grow. You need to make sure it's really the right kind of environment is being watered, the right kind of soil and nutrients for those types of bacteria to take over. So it's really the fiber and the foods that I saw had the biggest impact on my microbiome. Yeah. So, you know, all of those probiotic drinks that you see all over the place, they're just, it's quite possibly a marketing ploy and all you really need to do is eat well. Yes. Yes. And there's, yeah. And there's been some research that shows that probiotics can be helpful Mm. as they're passing through, but they don't stick and change things for the better. Okay. That's really interesting because, yeah, you know, you, you'd think that, oh, you, all you need, if you've got something wrong with your gut, all you need to do is just put the right thing in and it'll be fine. But that's not the case. Yeah, I, th- I think the more we learn 
about this, the more we learn how much we don't know and how complex the systems really are inside of us. Yeah. Um, that's been a big, a big learning uh, for me. And it's really easy for us in conversation to uh, communicate kind of the causal and effect, but uh, the more, yeah, the more we learn, the more we learn how comp- how complex these relationships really are. Yeah. Um, but I realized I never fully answered your question on how this got me into the world of skincare. No, no, no. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so once, once I had done that, I went to go work for a venture capital fund um, called Obvious Ventures based in um, Silicon Valley, um, founded by some of the founders of Twitter. Um, Ev, you know, Ev Williams. And I went and worked looking at opportunities to invest in the commercialization of new microbiome science. Um, really at that point was convinced of the impact of the microbiome and that it was really going to change the way we understand human health and how the human body works. Um, so really decided to focus the next stage of my commit and focus next stage of my career in that area. Um, and through the process, while I was looking for investment opportunities there, I had the opportunity to call nearly every uh, researcher business that I could find in the world that was doing cool new things related to kind of manipulating your microbiome to improve uh, health. And uh, through that process, I found a biotech company. I reached out to a biotech company uh, based in the Netherlands called Microbios, which has, um, which was developing endolysin technology. And compared to anything else, mm-hmm. any other company I had spoken to, um, they were so far ahead in terms of their research, in terms of their approach, um, that um, essentially worked with them. And in, in, in they have a brand called Gladskin. Uh, which they incorporate their patented endolysin technology into um, for people with serious skin problems like acne, eczema, and rosacea. Uh, so mm-hmm. I've um, ended up um, joining them full time to launch the Gladskin brand into the U.S. market. That's really that's really interesting. Um, so you know, a lot of people are going to be. I, I'm really confused about it. And nowadays, we're seeing a lot more uh, skincare products that have prebiotic probiotic written on them and i think you know everyone's just going to be confused and happily buying them thinking that they're they're going to be helping their skin so you know can probiotic or prebiotic skincare give us any benefit so i'll start with kind of what what those are and what that really means yeah um so prebiotics are essentially what i described previously as fiber. So it's really food for the good bacteria. Mm. So instead of putting a live bacteria on, you want to feed the good bacteria, hoping that they take over, they grow and flourish. And so you have more good, diverse, healthy bacteria, Mm. whether you're talking about in your gut or on your skin. Uh, Probiotics are actually putting the live bacteria uh, on your skin hoping that they'll take hold, they'll replicate, they'll flourish, and they'll change your microbiome from that perspective. And there's uh, what is referred to as postbiotics as well, which are actually taking the metabolites or the chemicals that good bacteria naturally produce. Like each bacteria is really a little chemical factory 
that has certain inputs and outputs. Mm. And so it's really capturing the output of healthy bacteria and using, applying that directly to the body, whether it's um, in the gut or on the skin to manipulate mm. the microbiome. Uh, endolysins, uh, what Gladskin does is a completely different approach uh, compared to those three. And it actually mm. works directly to remove just the problem causing bacteria okay. while protecting all of the good and healthy bacteria. Um, so it's a, uh, well, we view it as a much more direct approach when we know for the conditions that we know there's a specific type of bacteria that's causing the problem. So is what sort of chemical is the active ingredient? Is it a enzyme or? Yeah. Um, it's a pro. It's a um, yeah. It's a protein, uh, also you know, also you know, mm -hmm. technically classified as an enzyme, but they uh, it's called an endolysin, and they are naturally occurring uh, molecules that are in and on our body all of the time. So our immune systems are, are completely used to working with endolysins all the time. So at Gladskin, what we've done is we've kind of replicated an endolysin that works to remove a very specific type of bacteria that we know that is kind of proven to cause certain problems in skin conditions mm. as a very direct way of resolving the problem. Yeah. Yeah. So just a sort of a little aside. So the microbiome, you've got, you know, your healthy bacteria and then there's pathogenic bacteria that are trying to attack the skin. So how would you, you know, how would you know if you've got, um, something wrong with your microbiome is you know is it's probably it's probably a very complicated it's, topic yeah, it's, because you know you've got people with you know genetic skin conditions so it can't just all be about the microbiome but you know what sort of uh, role are these bacteria playing and how do you know that it's the bacteria that's wrong yep so um the first question, the first answer overall is this is, is it's all is really complex. And a lot of the answer really yeah. is depends. An overall framework we like to think about is there are absolutely genetic components to um, different to skin conditions like um, eczema and rosacea. Um, however, there are people that have those genetic um, mutation, you know, th that those genetic profiles, but don't have the condition. So all it means is you're more likely mm. to have that condition. And so uh, a way to look at this is your microbiome imbalance can really be what takes you from being prone, kind of genetically prone to have the condition to actually having the condition. Mm. So even if your genetics, you're genetically more likely to have rosacea or eczema, for example, if you can keep your skin microbiome healthy, it is a way to potentially prevent those conditions from really expressing themselves on your skin mm. yeah it's a definite contributing factor and we know and and, and just want to add on that we know mm -hmm. um for inflammatory types of skin conditions there's specific types of bacteria that once that condition starts developing there's aggravate that that skin condition is actually an environment that problem causing bacteria like to thrive in so then yeah. they get they find a home there start causing more problems, which really increases the cycle, makes inflammation works, makes it an even better environment for those bad bacteria to live. So if you yeah. can cut out that cycle, it gives your your skin the opportunity to heal and come back to normal, which is what it wants to do. Mm. Yeah. 
So you know, I think I think people are seeing uh, a, something happening to their microbiome that's never happened before because they're wearing masks and their skin is in a different environment. You know, it's you know having to wear a mask all the time means you're sweating more. Mm-hmm. There's more humidity, and I think I've got a, a, an unusual skin condition at the moment. I've got perioral dermatitis mm-hmm. that I've never had before, and like the only thing I can attribute to is wearing something over my face all day mm-hmm. long. So yeah, that, you know, I think lots of people are noticing a difference in their microbiome at the minute. I'm sure. Absolutely, absolutely. And something that's really interesting is our, you know, there's very different throughout our body. There's very different. There's different microbiomes, and it's relatively mm. consistent across people. Meaning that, um, some my forehead, the microbiome of my forehead is probably more likely similar to the microbiome of your forehead versus my forehead and my, um, you know, in between my toes or behind my knee. And so different types, exactly like you mentioned, different types of bacteria prefer different sort of climates, just like there are certain animals that live in the Mm. tundra versus the rainforest versus the ocean. And it works the same way on the different parts of our body. So when you change that climate by adding, you know, wear a mask and adding more humidity, it changes the weather mm. for those microorganisms and kind of makes it a more favorable environment for yep. for things to change, which your skin isn't used to, which can start causing problems. Mm. So which bacteria does glad skin target? Um, so the, yep. So the glad skin. There's a speci- is there a specific one or? Yep. So um, the, the glad skin products in Europe um, uh, are formulated with the product of uh, endolysin, called uh, staph effect and those uh that endolysin really targets the staph aureus bacteria um and there's been tremendous amount of research in the academic and scientific communities not only linking staph as a trigger for uh eczema but also more recent research has come out showing that the actual um, toxin that the staph bacteria actually produces toxins and can direct we now we directly know that those toxins aggravate or induce inflammation and are causative in the condition previously we just knew that there was a correlation meaning people with an eczema flare had higher mm-hmm. levels of staph and lower of staph aureus and lower levels of microbiome diversity but this new research is really connecting those dots in a much more concrete way. Yeah, I've heard about um, bleach baths recommended for eczema sufferers to try and reduce their staph aureus count. So I'm sure a cream is preferable to a bath in dilute bleach, which doesn't sound very pleasant at all. Abs- absolutely. Yeah. That's a, a major you know, reason that we're, we're out here and we want to make sure that people know that glad skin is exists. It's on the market. It's helping people every day. And we're really trying to get the word out. Um, so we can help more and more people with this technology. So which, which skin conditions does glad skin target? Is it just eczema? Yep. Yeah. Um, we have products for, uh, eczema, acne and rosacea. And they're all based on the same active ingredient. Yes, staph effect is in um, each each of them, and it really targets the inflammatory 
component mm. of each of those um, when staff is involved. Yeah. And then in a different formula for different skin types for each. Yeah. Yes. Mm-hmm. Correct. Ah. So, um, um, so is there any sort of skincare tips um, regarding the biome? Is there any way that we can, you know, change our skincare routine to be more biome friendly? Do you think? Absolutely. Absolutely. I think over time, you know, marketing companies have told us we need to, we need to keep, we need to, uh, you know, we need to sterilize ourselves. Mm. We need to be clean, you know, we need to be even more clean than we already are. There's different types of soap for your hands, for your face, for your hair. And, um, really when it comes to building up your microbiome for, for someone without a, without a skin condition, really less is more, meaning the less you do to your, the less you manipulate your skin with products, the better it is for the, uh, you know, um, the microbiome, the bacteria that are already living there. That's if your microbiome is in harmony already, if it is in balance. When things are out of balance, um, there you need to kind of take proactive steps to help nudge the microbiome to get it mm. back into balance, whether that is, and many times that's about removing direct bacteria that we know are causing the problem there and taking up the ecological niche that would otherwise be filled by healthy bacteria. Mm. Um, um, the other thing is preservatives. Oh, okay. Uh, something that's not really well talked about um, in skincare is that preservatives are in products not to preserve or keep the active ingredients active. They are really there to prevent contamination of bacteria inside of the bottle. Mm. So it's not there to maximize. It's not there for skin health. It's there to make sure that products don't get contaminated with all the bacteria out there in the Mm. environment. And so they're, and it can really help extend the shelf life of products on the shelves. So retail stores can, um, hold them for longer on the shelves, which is good for business. Um, there are other at Gladskin, what we, and what we've done is, uh, our products are preservative free and we do that by producing them in, uh, extremely clean, uh, facilities and we package the products in airtight packaging. So we really invest in high tech packaging that helps keep the products safe compared to that's it right there. Yeah. I've got the tube. Yeah. Yep. Completely airless. Um, mm-hmm as opposed to using a cheaper chemical preservative uh, in order to keep the product stable. Yeah, because your ingredient list is really small. It's really short. Yep. And that's that's it really in line with the our, our ethos and the philosophy that it's really about, you know, for example, that eczema product, it's we've created as basic as a mo- as a fragrance free, preservative free moisturizer as you possibly can. No um you won't find any rare superfoods from the Amazon or anything yeah. like that in there. It's really how do we get um, the most basic moisturizer that provides those moisturizing properties that also is a vehicle to deliver the endolysin, which works to actively rebalance the skin microbiome. Well, that's really good. Yeah. You know, I think, you know, these, com- these companies, they have like these huge long ingredient lists just for this, you know, for the sake of having these things in it. 
and that you know your skin is going to be reacting to every single chemical and you can't just put so many things on your face without expecting some sort of effect so you know if you've got sensitive skin or eczema prone skin you what you want to find a product with like, the shortest ingredient list you possibly can and it's really short <laughs> absolutely it's we're really all about skin health which may be different from cosmetic brands which are about um either making you know making sure the products are as pleasant to apply as possible or that they smell nice when you're applying them so you really get that feeling our mentality when we launch skincare products is what is actually best for your skin um taking everything else out of it and we know that less is more mm. and simpler the better and that you know getting endolice getting these endolysins uh onto the skin is really what's going to have the impact um, so once you've been using Glad Skin for a while, does it have a long-term effect? Will it sort of change the microbiome for a while? We it, we see we see um, certain people who use Glad Skin use it for a period of time and then tell us that you know they they don't they no longer have the uh, the problem. That's from some of our customer surveys where when we ask hmm. why haven't you purchased again. Uh, there's a, a meaningful number of people who say that. Um, uh, that does not mean that will be the case for everybody. And it, it really is, a, you know, the way to be the most sure is to, you know, continue using the product as long as as you need it. The microbiomes are never static. They're always changing. Mm. And so if, if you can proactively keep the problem causing bacteria under control and don't give them an opportunity to kind of take take hold that's really setting yourself up uh best for success mm. over the long term yeah and i guess as you're doing different things and you know going into different environments and wearing masks or cleaning your face this, your biome is going to change and you might need it again and periodically it might be something you need to sort of come back to absolutely yeah so we're nearly running out of time aren't we uh i could ask you so many millions of questions um where can we find Glad Skin? Yep. So Glad Skin's available at gladskin.com. Uh, yep. We are available across Europe um, as well as the United States. And that's where our current footprint, uh, but our goal is to really make these products available to as many people um, as possible uh, worldwide. Um, we launched the products in Europe and due to the kind of overwhelming, uh, positive feedback uh, we're really in scaling up mode to get the, you know, make the products available in as many places as we can. A complete, my brain is completely fallen out of my mouth. Right. Um, is there anything else you wanted to say? Any other points we needed to make? Yeah, I think, I think one thing overall I'd like to share is that for consumers, it's really, really important mm -hmm. to understand the difference between, you know, marketing and reality when it comes to skincare products. Um, yeah. And as much as you can do your research and really understand um, a company, its products, where they're coming from, um, I think people will be better off. It's really easy to look at the surface, uh, but for people suffering with real skin problems, um, doing as much research as you can about the company and the technology they're putting in their products and the ethos behind it. Um, more than the marketing lingo, I think will really help set people up for success. Yeah, find a brand that you trust and 
you know, you're, you, Gladskin certainly has a very sort of clinical way of marketing. Like the, I love the the inserts and the specific instructions in it. Like really useful and interesting. Yeah, and and it it feels you know like a lovely product. It's not that you know it's so clinical that it's unpleasant. It was it's really nice and moisturizing. Absolutely, I've enjoyed using it. Yeah. Um, some of our um, doctors that use the product and recommend the product to their patients. Yeah. In the U.S., have told have told us there's you know there's a, a multiple um, phases of trying a skincare product. The first is the yeah, first application, and it need in order for there to be compliant for people to use the product consistently that is needed to have the benefit. It needs to be at least enjoyable to put on, and it can't be mm. too greasy or otherwise. Um, you know, people just aren't going to, to use it and to try it. So in order to actually help the most people, you also need to get products that, you know, that are moisturizing and, but also absorb into your skin that are pleasant to use that feel really nice. And that will allow people to use the product over encourage people to use the product over, you know, kind of more, more days that are needed to actually allow the endolysin to do its work and to get the skin back to health. Yeah. And people, you know, I think people use something if it's working, they'll they'll be happy to use it. Um, so thank you so much for coming and talking to me. It's been really fun, and uh, I've learned I've learned more about um, the microbiome and skincare. That's and I yeah I I'm gonna recommend it on. Um, we've got a Facebook group called Skincare with Friends, so we're gonna post on there, and um, you'd be welcome to come and join us if people have any questions thank you well thank you so much for um for having me and I'm, i would love to uh I'll, I'll make sure to sign up for that uh that facebook group as well <laughs> lovely um thank you for joining us and bye skylar bye thank you so much have a lovely day thank you so much <laughs> bye bye right, Thank you to Skylar for talking to us today from America. I just wanted to say thank you for listening, obviously. And um, I'm trying to get the Skincare with Friends website up and running so that uh, we can get all the information that's included in our podcast down so that you can read at a later date. So that's going to be coming soon. Uh, Until then, head to the Skincare with Friends Facebook group, uh, chat to us and ask any questions. Thanks for listening. Bye. 